Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. We have finished Frontier in Space. We watched episode six. We did. We wrap up serial QQQ. Um, we wrap up the first half of this de facto 12-part story. And alas, we bid adieu to Roger Delgado's master, who Roger Delgado sadly died in a car accident uh, a couple months after this was shot in uh, June of 1973. And so the the rather rushed and abrupt ending, which is unfortunate, uh, it came about, by the way, because you notice how they were sort of building up to the reappearance of that strange uh, Ogron monster beast. Um, well, they... Barry Letts was not happy with said monster costume and so basically did a quick rewrite to eliminate all that. The whole thing, at the end of the episode, uh, it was supposed to be, um, the, you know, the doctor presses the thing and the, ma- and the ogrons think, oh, it's it, we're seeing the, the monster beast sort of coming in there and that's why they run away. Right. That's why, the, you know, the master sort of shoots something. But um, because of that, it was sort of all edited around that. And so it's a very confused ending a little bit. Yeah, I like I figured that the monster was going to show up again and that the doctor was going to use it, but it didn't. So, I mean, the way that I just sort of read it watching the sort of jankily edited version at the end was just that, yes, the Ogrons were all seeing the monster and were freaking out and were scared. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, we weren't because we didn't always like, you know, throughout the whole of this story, we didn't see what the characters were seeing every single time. There were plenty of times that we saw the Doctor and Joe as the Doctor and Joe when we know that other characters on the screen were seeing um, draconians. So I was kind of okay with us seeing the doctor and Joe and the master as people while knowing in my head that the Dracon or that the Ogrons were seeing a giant monster. So that was all right. Yeah. But it's still sad that that's the, the, like this is the end for, for this version of the master and for Roger Delgado in this, you know, iconic role that he created. That is a huge, huge, one of the saddest things, huge bummer. One of the saddest things in Dr. Who history. Yeah, he was, I mean, at the time, he was sort of like, you know, he was getting offered less work because casting directors were just assuming he was a regular on Doctor Who. Oh. And so that's why they started to sort of minimize his appearance a little bit. He says, you know what, maybe it's probably time I just, you know. So they were planning one last story uh, after this one, but of course that never came to fruition. Um uh, so yeah, my word. I mean, I don't like comparing masters because you know it's it's it, it having to order actors uh, for playing different you know versions of the same role is a is a fool's game. You know, I don't I don't mind comparing uh, yeah. and contrasting. I don't like ranking. Thank you. Because yeah. I, I I do think it's fun to talk about the differences between the different iterations of the master mm-hmm. um but we don't need to do that right now because we're just talking about this one version we are but you know and also don't like to say well everyone that came after the original is bad but my word roger delgado was amazing mm-hmm. i mean just the amount of charm and class if you will that he exuded you know you could tell he was a nice guy off the set but he was like really enjoyed playing he never quite got to the mustache twirling he never quite gets to the mm-hmm. i think they redefined the character a little bit in the modern series here he's just a very kind of subtle cold cool calculating villain yeah i mean I've, i feel like i've talked about my master uh had canon on 
maybe this show, maybe other shows, and I'm sure I'll mention it again, but I, I feel like after Roger Delgado, uh, all the other iterations of the master are crazy uh, in, in a way that he's not, and for, for good reasons, which I will talk about when we get there. When we get there, many, many moons into the future and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I mentioned that the, the first half of this, it ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, this this story, which hasn't happened since the since the sixties, um, they Barry Letts and Terrence Dix were kind of it is the tenth anniversary season after all, and they were kind of thinking, what if we did a th- thing to sort of mirror the twelve part Daleks master plan, sort of as a celebration a little bit. Uh, we'll do a first half of the thing, and then we'll sort of like dovetail it into a Dalek episode, which comes mm-hmm. after this. And I don't think it's as cohesive as the Daleks Master Plan, which in its own way is sort of not cohesive because you, you could tell a definite line between when Terry Nation is writing the scripts and Dennis Spooner's writing the scripts. But uh, um, so, yeah, it doesn't necessarily connect connect as well. Um, but this is the first half of a big, giant 12-part space epic. Uh, I wonder what kids thought of it back in 19... 19- I know what I thought when I saw this for the first time in like 1991, I think, because the first time I saw the story and the Daleks came over the hill. It's like, oh my God, the Daleks are there. The master together. I mean, it, it just, it sounds like it was plucked straight from Russell T. Davies' fanboy <laughs> mind. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely surprised at that the first time I saw it because I, I did not see that coming. And, uh, and yeah, it was just like, I mean, you know, like I mentioned before, he the master drops a hint about that he's employed by somebody else. And we don't know who it is. Mm. And we also do know that the Ogrons had been used before by the Daleks. So it all makes sense. But it's still, <laughs> it it's still like, I still didn't really see it. Didn't see it coming. Um, and, you know, it's it's it was fun at the end here to see the general from Earth and the emperor's son the ambassador you know working together on the same side all working along with the doctor and you know the doctor getting to have his cute little line about going outside the space station and uh, the general being like oh sure you're what did he say qualified space repairman or something like that too engineer Engineer, yeah yeah. (laughs) of course yep yep so good um yeah and then just to see like all of these people that should never have been on the outs with each other finally working together mm-hmm. and every time the master says something about oh the war's got to start soon blah 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 blah, knowing you're wrong because it is possible even for people who have been fed misinformation and mm. fake news to still get through to the truth and pull together and you know defeat the forces of badness and it's just like that was a little bit of you know hopefulness <laughs> that i needed here at the end of this story i really like that um i also appreciated the master using joe's abilities and smarts against her like he literally gave her the tool yep. to get out in a way that he like expected that she was going to do and she did it um but that doesn't take anything away from the fact that joe still managed to escape so it was and then you know managed to figure out how to send out the coordinates and you know good on good on joe for doing her best at what she thinks is is the right thing and it is the right thing to do because it still shows the doctor how to get there and Mm -hmm. where to go and yeah there's just a lot of good stuff and like all packed into this one last episode yeah he underestimates joe by first trying to hypnotize her and then use the signal to sort of like bring her under using fear Mm -hmm. but she succumbs to both of those i i doesn't succumb she doesn't come i i like it when the master is begrudgingly impressed by either be it joe or sergeant benton in the time monster there's a slight look of like 
what? You just outsmarted me, you of all people? They go, okay, well then I'm so, no, 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 I'm not going to let them win this game. I'm thinking, oh, you've surprised me. You know, sort of like makes it sound like uh, he still has control, but really he kind of doesn't. Mm-hmm. Just a great performance from Delgado. He never sort of loses his cool yep. for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a great performance from Katie Manning. You know, yep. Joe like just showing him up and being like, yeah, she's scared. Like it's working on the fear centers of her mind, but she also is strong willed enough to recognize that the things that she's seeing aren't actually real. It's the master. I'm scared, but I'm not going to back down. Mm-hmm. And like it's just, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And she just keeps seeing it. And eventually it just doesn't. And he's like, well, yep, I guess so. So he has to go to plan B, basically, yep. which is, which is you know, taking her excellence and put using he, the master using Joe's excellence as a tool is kind of a, a nice little thing. It is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Daleks and... They're different colored Daleks. They're different colored Daleks. Uh, I, well, I think they're similar colored from Day of the Daleks. I just mean they're different from each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Paul Paul Bernard wanted to paint them, wanted to have a gold one, even though he only had three of them, which makes it difficult for crowd scenes, as evidenced <laughs> by Day of the Daleks. Uh, there's an American protester calling for war um, on the screen. There, I wonder if the nationality of that of that blowhard being American was a, was a conscious decision as well. I don't know. It certainly felt right at this point, you know, middle-aged white man calling for war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Doctor Who is very, never political, never political is Doctor Who. No, not when Malcolm Hulk's involved or any of these stories in the John Pertwee era. Yeah. Um, Anything else? I just, I just adore the story a lot. Always have because of the space opera-ness, because of all the spaceships, just the big scope of it all, you know. I really, really like it. The thing that I don't like is just the fact that it ends on a cliffhanger. Although, have we seen the telepathic circuits on the TARDIS before, or is that new here? That is new. Just trying to think. Because I, I know they come back in modern Doctor Who, and I think a lot of people, like me, thought that that was just a new invention uh, in the new series right, to yeah. be like, oh, cool! Now the ta- the TARDIS has telepathic circuits. That's you know what a what a wonderful little you know way to get around plot con- confusion yep. or whatever. But apparently, that's been a thing ever since the, here at the at least. There is a. Uh, a feature on the TARDIS, I think, whatever the plot requires, we'll probably have, you know, it, it'll be there. <laughs> so so I, I don't know what the, I can't remember what the future history of telepathic circuits are or recall circuits or food machines, you know, all these things that we've seen, uh, possibly some even in the next story. Um, yeah, it's uh, the TARDIS is an amazing machine that can do everything and nothing (laughs) depending on what the plot needs it to do Mm -hmm. speaking of the next story i have not seen the next story because when we watched this we just watched this story for verity and i did not go on to watch the next bit so i'm a little nervous because i like this so much that i just feel like the next bit's going to be a letdown no matter what well (laughs) i couldn't possibly comment on that (laughs) Do you know what story comes next? Are we done with Frontier in Space? Are we already looking forward to the next the next story? I think we, we like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But we, then again, we love a lot of Doctor Who, but mm-hmm. Frontier in Space is great. It is. Uh, so do you, know, do you know what's next? Something of the Daleks? Yep. It's Planet <laughs> of the Daleks. It's Terry Nation's return oh. to Doctor Who since, ironically enough, 
writing episode seven of the Daleks Master Plan way back in 1965. Mm. So he returns because they were pro- they promised him when they when they included Day of the da- uh, the Daleks and Day of the Daleks. Um, which it wasn't originally a Dalek uh, story, and they said, "Oh, whoops, we forgot to clear it." Well, how about we we give you first right of refusal to write another Dalek story, and just like that, Terry Nation is back writing Dalek stories. So okay. that is what's coming next: Planet of the Daleks, serial code SSS. That's a pre- uh, appropriate there. Why? Because the Daleks are Nazis. They are too. That's also my initials, though, too. You're not a Nazi. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah. True. But my middle name also isn't S. I wish it was. Then we could. Then I could be Planet the Daleks. <laughs> that's my full name. But so yeah, that's what's coming. The uh, sort of the de facto conclusion to this twelve-part story in the middle of uh, the tenth anniversary, which uh, began, of course, just a month after the ninth actual anniversary, <laughs> right. because. That's Doctor Who, but yep, uh, we've been enjoying it on the Blu-ray, uh, which uh, is playing out in front of us right now. So, and we'll continue to watch. It's we're getting spoiled a little bit by watching the uh, seasons on Blu-ray. Of course, they'll all eventually come out, but uh, once we get to the series eleven, it'll be back to old-fashioned DVDs. Season eleven. Season eleven. <laughs> but uh, but we have more episodes to go there. Um, this is membership month. Um, we we told you all about it at the beginning of this. No, we told you about it, episode four of Carnival and Monsters, whenever that was. Uh, but Erica, do you have a message for the listeners? I do have a message for the listeners. Yep. Uh, it is, as Stephen said, it's the time of year when we would like to remind you guys all about how you can support our podcast by becoming a member of The Incomparable. You can sign up for a monthly or annual pledge to support our little podcast directly. Just go to theincomparable.com slash members and sign up. You can choose which shows on the network you'd like to support. If you check the box for Lazy Doctor Who, your contribution will come to us after a few fees are taken out. If you listen to other podcasts on the Incomparable Network, you can also check their little boxes and your contribution will be shared equally by all of those shows. Yay! As a thank you for supporting us, members receive lots of extras. There are several exclusive podcast feeds, including an ad-free version of the Incomparable Mothership, bootlegs of live recording sessions, and a special feed full of bonus episodes that only members get to hear. Yeah. Um, And uh, new members receive some free Incomparable swag as well. Also, it's worth mentioning uh, that there is a delightful members Slack that you can join if you become a member. And there is a Doctor Who channel in that Slack where we hang out and talk about Doctor Who and stuff. And so if you want to talk to us and ask us direct questions about Doctor Who, uh, that is one way to do it because we are real lazy about, well, I mean, we're super lazy about Twitter. Um, I would say I'm a lot less lazy (laughs) about Slack. That's true. We are lazy on our Twitter because, you know, we only tweet when we're about to do an episode, really. That's pretty much it. So, Yep. Whereas I'm, I I am hanging out in not just the Doctor Who channel. There are a number of channels on the uh, Incomparable Member Slack that I hang out in a lot because it's a, it's a really great community. A lot of really cool nerds that are interested in a lot of fun stuff. So uh, that's that's one of the biggest bonuses, I think, of becoming a member of the Incomparable. Yeah, the, the big bonus is there's a pets channel on the Member Slack <gasps> and the people post pictures mm. of their pets. 
and they're awesome pets, lots of cats and dogs, and we like cats and dogs here at Lazy Doctor Who. Yeah, there are some other pets too, some birds and stuff, but it is also largely birds. largely cats and dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's great. Whenever I'm having a down day, I can just skim through the pets channel, and it makes me much, much happier. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other exciting things that we are doing for membership month is recording and releasing a whole bunch of content that is only available for members. And what we're doing this year for us is Stephen is making me play Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit against a number of other folks from the Incomparable Network. And uh, yeah, I probably am going to get a lot of questions wrong and look very silly and have egg on my face, uh, hopefully just figuratively and not literally. No, we'll keep the eggs in the fridge for that recording. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or on the shelf if you're in the in the UK. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so so that is going to be quite a lot of fun. We are hoping to record it soon. Uh, it might have to come out in June, depending on the NHL schedule. But anyway, that's the specific thing that we are doing for members this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like uh, I like Random Pursuit, a nice game show mm-hmm. tradition that you've uh, kickstarted and taken hold of on the Incomparable Network. And so to cross it over with our other podcast is uh, both inspired and at the same time lazy <laughs> yep. uh, because you can just do two things at once. So well done. Yep. I look forward to torturing you with uh, very specific Doctor Who questions. Yes. Over on the game show feed, uh, my semi-regular show, and, which is now our semi-regular show, yeah. uh, Random Pursuit. I am the host and Stephen is my trusty scorekeeper who takes care of the uh, the scoring and occasionally acts as judge if uh, if I need help deciding whether or not to give people points for stuff. Yeah, I got to do both. Mm-hmm. I got to be scorekeeper and yep. um, host for that one. So, mm-hmm. you know, tough work. Help support the show because that's going to be a pretty stressful moment. <laughs> Having to do that, and and Captain Whiny Pants over here <laughs> complaining about not knowing any Doctor Who trivia questions, probably too. So, as I have pointed out many times on Random Pursuit, the licensed versions of Trivial Pursuit that are usually based on genre properties are always the worst because yeah. those questions are not ev- remotely even. Some of them are like you know what color is the TARDIS? And some of them are like, I don't know, I'm trying to think, you know, what color is the super nonsense something that appeared on second on screen for 12 seconds in an episode in 1963? And, you know, it would, you'd think it would be black or white, but no. No. I wish you were referring to a specific episode yeah, I there. Think of, I couldn't think of anything. No, only five episodes, I think, aired in 1963. Mm, that's true. Not yeah. too many. So, <laughs> your options are, that is not a question. That's not a no. question. Don't think you're, Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so uh, yes, the membership support does allow us to keep doing this podcast <laughs> and and many other podcasts. Uh, it, it genuinely, especially at this time uh, in the world, it means your support means a lot, like a lot, lot. Yes. So there are contribution levels at five, ten, and twenty dollars per month, and annual equivalents available as well. If you're already a member. A, thank you, and B, it's easy to increase your pledge to a higher level and get some special goodies in return, including some free incomparable swag, too. So, again, if you would like to support us, please go to theincomparable.com slash members to sign up. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We do. Thank you very much. It's, 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 it's very gratifying for us to have people who like to support us when all we do is sit and watch Doctor Who and then talk about mm-hmm. Doctor Who. And we hope you've we've entertained you and enlightened you and comforted you mm-hmm. and distracted you mm-hmm. and allowed you to be you while watching Doctor 
Ooh. That was good. Good work. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Uh, uh, I don't know when we're going to get to uh, Planet of the Dogs. We are lazy, uh, as the title implies. But I do know that uh, in uh, this summer, we are we are going on a road trip um, and, and a vacation, a proper actual vacation, which we haven't done since the beginning of this global pandemic that we are still currently in. Um, but uh, we, we're bringing this microphone that I'm speaking into and a hard drive with Doctor Who episodes on it. So uh, I'm looking forward to like stopping off at a location, staying the night in some uh, Canadian prairie town and watching an episode or two of Doctor mm-hmm. Who and talking about it. So oddly enough, our vacation away from podcasting will probably actually increase the release of our podcasts. Of this particular podcast. Yes. Yeah, because I'm I'm really trying hard to actually take a real vacation and not be doing, you know, all of my many, many podcasts, which mm-hmm. I've never, I don't think I've ever done that before. Uh, but this is the one. This is an, this is, this is a, a, an exception to the rule because this is just this is just us it's just part of our yeah. our married life watching doctor together doctor who together and having fun and talking about it afterwards which we would do whether we had a microphone or not exactly but uh, as erica convinced me all those years ago it's uh, might as well just put a microphone in front of us and make yeah. it a podcast so mm-hmm. here we are today doing that very thing yeah so maybe maybe we'll be taking y'all on vacation with us when the time comes but it would be nice to get to uh, another few episodes before before that happens in July, we'll see. I feel like I have had uh, the last couple of years have really slowed down Lazy Doctor Who, which I think I've talked about before, mm-hmm. because you'd think, yeah, all this free time, do do more sitting around and watching TV. And no, I haven't, I have not felt like doing that at all because no. this has just drained all the joy out of me. And I feel like maybe I'm starting, you know, to get a little bit of my joy back. And Yay. I was really looking forward to watching these episodes of Doctor Who today and talking about them with you. And it has, it has, you know, we've done a few episodes here and there throughout the pandemic mm-hmm. and that's been fine. But like, I feel like I am taking more genuine joy in the act of doing it right now than i have for a while good me too i like doing this i'm impressed and surprised in a little way that we managed to get through all six episodes of frontier in space today one day one sitting so to speak all it took was a slightly oversized plate of sushi to get us through it and a a day off from my freaking day job (laughs) that too please become a comparable member someday i need out (laughs) bringing us back around happy victoria day to all of you at home We've been Lazy Doctor Who on the Incomparable (laughs) Network. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.